a sermon series, and it wasn't even meant to be a sermon series, and just to kind of give you an insight into me, I just go with what God kind of downloads, and that's the best way I can give the illustration, is God downloads something into me, and then during the week, I'll flesh it out, and then usually on Friday or Saturday, I spend the time and fine-tune the scriptures and highlight the little yellow parts and all that good stuff. And and that's just kind of how it goes for me. So from week to week, I don't necessarily know what the next week is going to be. And I love that because I really believe that it is the Spirit of God that's leading me and guiding me in the direction that we want to go as a church and what he's trying to do. And so whenever I get the download, it's really just a matter of me trying to share what God has given to me for this time. And then to share during the week, I get all these opportunities to share with people. And I love it. I come home with a story, it seems like, every single night to Lenore. I woke her up in the middle of the night last night. I'm like, let me tell you what happened tonight. You can't, you can't miss it. And I'm sure she'd like to sleep more. But um, I'm, I'm always so excited to, to share with her. But what kind of really started leading me down this path is it comes to ingredients. And we have a cool little graphic that you're going to see in a little bit. And it's just something you're going to see it every week for the next couple of weeks. And it's going to be up on our website. It's, going to, it's already on social media. And you can see what it looks like. But it's the ingredients. And the, the thing that really started making me start thinking about this is, and I mentioned this in great detail last week, is my mom taught me how to bake when I was a young child. And I love to eat baked goods, so that worked out really well for me, especially the zucchini cake. It was just, it doesn't sound like it'd be good, but it's amazing. Anyway, I'm going to get hungry again here by talking about all this food. And, and the, the, the thing that I noticed is if I missed an ingredient or if I put too much of an ingredient in, I could tell and my mom could tell. In fact, everyone who had a piece of it or tried it even for a second before they spit it out of their mouth could tell that there was something, even if they couldn't articulate what was wrong. And I I think that what we have going on in our own lives is very similar. That sometimes we're missing ingredients for living a life to the full. Because Jesus said in our theme verse this morning that we're using is John 10.10. And in the NIV, he said it like this. He said, the enemy has come to rob, kill, and destroy you. But I have come to give you life to the full. The thief comes, the enemy. He's only coming. So the way I see this is like uh, two different scales going on here. So over here, the enemy, this is all he's about. So the world system is only about trying to rob, kill, and destroy. He's trying to rob your hope, trying to rob your joy, trying to steal from you happiness and make you miserable in everything. And, and if you're like me, you meet so many people that they're, that's just what would characterize their lives. And they have anxiety and they have all these things that they don't know what to do. and and they're just being robbed from and killed from all the time. And even trying to kill them, trying to cause them to commit suicide or, or to murder someone else. And this is just all that's going on on this side. But I love the fact that Jesus put this in the middle. I have come. So he's showing another way. There's a better way. I, Jesus, have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And, and that's what I really see. But how do we have that life to the full? I don't believe we just jump from one into the other one immediately. Some people say, hey, I got saved. Why don't I have all my problems disappear? Because that's not how it works. See, we've got these two pendulums going on here. And you're, you're going to shift from what's natural in the world 
And the only way you get there to the life to the full is when you start doing things more God's way. And I believe there's ingredients that get us in that direction. And that's what we've been looking at. Can you imagine, though, when it comes to God, if there were secret ingredients? I mean, I think about Chick-fil-A. I mean, what is it they do to their chicken that makes everybody want to have it even on Sunday when their clothes makes them want to have it even more? How about this? Canes. I mean, people love canes. It's like, what, what's about canes? What do they do to their batter? And what's in that secret sauce? I mean, we got to have this. And if you're old like me, there's Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, the, the Colonel's secret recipe, you know, the secret herbs and spices. Well, what's a secret? Aren't you glad that God doesn't give us a secret to living a life to the full? But he lays it out in our word. Imagine... If it was a secret and it was unattainable, it's just like, well, if you're perfect, you could have this, but it isn't unattainable. It is attainable. Last week, we spoke about the first ingredient that I believe is prayer. And, and many people have talked to me and kind of what started me on down this path is they say, you know, I pray every single day. And I said, that's wonderful. That's great. But that's just one component you can't just pray every day and think that that's going to lead you to life to the full. As wonderful, as necessary as prayer is, and, and it's a, an ingredient, it's a part of it, it's what we have to do. We absolutely need to have a conversation because God's all about a relationship. He came to give a relationship with man to God, but it's just one part. But even in that, we looked at last week, you know, what are you going to pray I mean, it's a conversation, it's a simple prayer, and just simply talking to God. And if you didn't hear last week's message, I would encourage you to go on our podcast. You can listen to it. You can go back to our online streaming site and you can watch the entire message if that's easier for you. But we talked about simple prayers accomplish a tremendous amount. But can I tell you that even beyond that, and there's nothing wrong with the simplicity of where you're at and just saying, God, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to pray. I don't know. And just talking like you would normally. That's a great place. But it's just the same way that my child will talk in one or two words. When they get older, they don't just talk in one or two words. They now have full conversations. They have thoughts. They have, you know, these entire paragraphs sometimes. The same way it should be for us. The ingredient that I want us to look at this week is the Word of God. And I believe that there's tremendous power in the Word of God. And by the same token, as powerful and as wonderful, and I'm not minimizing, I'm not taking anything away from prayer or the Word of God, just reading the Bible, just to read it as a book, and that's all you do, is just going to be one ingredient. It's got to be factored in with prayer. In fact, we're going to see that praying the word is even exponentially more powerful. Can I tell you that God is still speaking today? Jesus said that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in Genesis, in the very, very beginning of the Bible, God said, let there be light. And we've talked about the spoken word a few weeks ago in great detailing. And God chose the law of the spoken word. He could have chosen anything but he chose a spoken word. So if God spoke with his mouth, he, he spoke in a, in a way that all of creation responded, that when the earth was 
here without form and void, all of a sudden water and land separated, and there's a sun in the sky that's still here today, these thousands of years later, and there's a moon, and all this stuff was set into motion by him talking. This means he has a voice. John 10, verse 27, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. If, if his sheep can hear his voice, that means he's talking. It says, and I know them, and they follow me. Jesus says, I'm talking. And the, the connotation is a shepherd that's out there in the field with the, with the sheep and just hanging out with them. And just like, hey, let's go over here. Watch out for that. Or, hey, there's a lion coming. You know, let's go over here. Let's get some shelter, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there for you. He's giving them direction. He goes, my sheep hears my voice. With that same analogy, we can hear from God and understand from Him. I already alluded to it, but there's also the speaking of the written Word of God. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted as we are. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, in the last part of it, it says, But we have one, talking about Jesus, who has been tempted in every way just as we are. Yet he didn't sin. See, he came to earth as a man and not just completely in his deity, just floating around everywhere, just everything worked out well for him. Yes, he had moments of, of, of the deity walking on water and some other things that, you know, that we just look at and go, wow, that's cool. But he didn't just do it as deity. He did it as a man. He faced temptations like we do so he could prove to us and show to us how to do that. And let's look at one of the best illustrations of Jesus being tempted as we are. It's in Matthew chapter 4, starting with verse 1. He started out his ministry. He just got started. He just got baptized. And he's just, okay, just like, you know, wringing the water out of his hair, you know, got the towel going, okay, here we go. I'm going to start doing what my father sent me to do. And it says in verse 1, then Jesus was led by the Spirit. So God is in this, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I don't know about you, but if I'm coming as God, I'm not going to set myself up to just immediately face the devil. Word one, just like right out the gate. Here we go. Bring on the devil. Let's let him come over here. You see, God wanted him to be tempted because the devil's going to come at us. And we talked about that two weeks ago. We talked about the demonic that comes against us in many different ways. Jesus wanted to show us that he was tempted just like we are. Verse 2, for 40 days and 40 nights, he, Jesus, fasted and became very hungry. We just finished 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I don't know about you, but I got very tired of not having the thing that I wanted, and I really longed for that. Speaking of Chick-fil-A, I know my daughter Jen was extremely longing for Chick-fil-A and was very sad that the fasting ended on Sunday when they're closed. But you see, Jesus felt what we feel. He felt hunger. I love the fact that it says he was very hungry. Not the fact that he experienced it, but the fact that he did it so I would understand. 
Continue on. During the same time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, questioning him. Isn't that what happens to us? The devil comes to us and questions. Well, what if this or what if that? Or well, he puts all these questions in our minds and tries to cause doubt. The same thing he did to Jesus. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Now, could he have done that? He's God. If he spoke with the Father and said, let there be light, and there was light, he could have said, stones, become bread. I'm hungry. I'm ending my fast right now. So, you know, stones over here, that's great. Become bread. In fact, God fed Elijah out in the wilderness with bread. There, There was no one cooking it. So he could have done this. It's not like there's not a precedent for it. But he's tempting him. Jesus replied to him, though, with what? No, look at this, the scriptures say. Jesus' reply to the devil tempting him is to quote the written word of God. He says, people do not live by bread alone, by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him from the holy, to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. Now, now look at this. This will kind of mess you up. The devil is quoting scripture. Do you see that? The devil says, the Bible says. So you may say, oh, well, this sounds right because I, I got some scripture confirmation on this. Or, you know, I, but it may not be from God. The devil quoted scripture to Jesus, tempting him. Oh, just go ahead and jump off because the scripture says, that he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands and you won't even hurt your feet on the stone. And that is a scripture. But he's misquoting it. He's trying to get Jesus. Look at verse seven. Jesus said, the scriptures also say, you must not tempt the Lord your God. Jesus again answered with Scripture. But do you see what I'm saying? Jesus is being tempted by the devil, led out to his wilderness by the Spirit of God. And he comes and he quotes the Scripture to him, answering with temptation. The devil, smart, trying to get Jesus even another way, comes back and says, yeah, but the Scripture says this over here. Sometimes I think when we quote the Word of God and the devil comes back with things that make sense to our mind, We'll go, yeah, maybe that's true. But we don't recognize the attack from the enemy. Verse 8, next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory. He says, I will give it all to you if you will kneel down and worship me. In the first message that I, that's in our podcast of stuff, I talked about this in great detail. And, and the, that's not a temptation if it wasn't his to give. And it was actually the dominion that Adam and Eve gave up when they ate the apple. And I'm not going to dive down into that. But he had a legitimate offer for Jesus. And the devil's saying, hey, I'll give you all of this is lost. If you'll just bow down and worship me, hey, you can have it all back. See, it was a power play here. Jesus said again, verse 10, Get out of here, Satan, for the scriptures say. Jesus answered every temptation that the devil gave him in this period of time, quoting the word of God. And I love verse 11. Then the devil went away. But what I want us to see in this scripture is that Jesus, even when he's being led by the spirit of God, had the devil tempting him. 
We can't think that, hey, man, I, I've just, I've surrendered my life to God. I'm deciding to surrender my life to God, so I'm not going to have any more problems. I'm not going to have the devil coming against me. There's going to be no temptation. Everything's just going to fall beside me. Everything's going to be wonderful. No, even Jesus wasn't faced one time with the temptation. He answered it. Well, not the second time, tried to trick him up with the words. The third time. But when you stay focused, when you persevere in the Word of God and speaking the Word of God back into your life, the devil will go away. And then the angels came and took care of Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? The angels came and took care of Jesus. I just love that. But how did Jesus deal with temptation? He, he did it by the ingredient of the Word and the spoken Word. But in order for Jesus to, to quote those, he had to know those. So we can't just say it's just a spoken word, but it's got to be the written word too. So it's twofold in this. So that's why we have the one-year Bible. and we, we encourage everybody to just jump on board. If it's today your first day, then jump. If you've been doing it forever in your life, still do it every day. Read the one-year Bible. It's so easy. Maybe takes 15 minutes. Listen to what God is saying that day, and you'll be amazed at how the Word of God works and that you'll find something in the one-year Bible every day, and you start putting this stuff like a deposit inside of you. And then we have the prayer guides, and of course, we, we talk about them a lot during the 21 days of prayer, and, and you know, it's what we use as our entire foundation, and it's a great opportunity for us. But we have the, the prayer guide in here to have the words in here for prayers. And even if you don't necessarily know what to pray, you have it there to pray out of that. The ingredient I want us to look at this morning is the word and the spoken word of God. Declaring the word of God over your life. Declaring it over your loved one's lives. Use the prayer guide to pray the templates that are in the back to have the spoken word of God. The spoken word. Now, I want to look at another story, and I know I'm using a lot of scripture, and I typically do that, but I'm doing seemingly like a lot more. I'm surprised Michael didn't kind of comment about it because there's a lot this morning. But in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, now Jesus has already been crucified and risen from the dead, and now the disciples are trying to duplicate and now step out into the ministry that Jesus left them. And one day it says, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer to pray. They were going to church to pray, and it was 3 o'clock in the evening, in the afternoon. And a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the courts. Now, from birth, and it says later in another place that he was 40 years old, and I've talked about this several times as well, but... Here's this guy that's been that's 40 years old, and, and he's just been carried every day because he's been lame from birth. Verse 3, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money, and that was acceptable. That's how they were able to support themselves. And, and the Bible says that we're supposed to give alms to the poor. We're supposed to give to help the poor. And that and doesn't translate as much to us today if, if we see people on the side of the road or at the corner of gas stations, you know, and like, hey, can you give me some change? You know, that's not necessarily the same thing. This was legitimate. That was the only way he had to make money, to, to be able to buy food for himself. There was no welfare program. There was no, nothing he could do. And that was what he did. And, and then Peter and John started talking to him, but, but the word of God rose up inside of Peter. In verse 6 he said, 
Peter said, now this is a spoken word. Silver and gold I do not have, but I do. What I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Look at that. Walk. If I could have made that bigger and take up the entire screen, which I could have, but you know, it, sh- it should be ginormous. Walk. There's, there's, God wants to do this change in your life. He, he has this in it, but it's only through the power of the spoken word and the spoken word of the name of Jesus. Verse 7, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. So it wasn't just enough for him to say it. He's like, okay, we're going to take action to this. Helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. And he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Peter and John encountered the man who was lame, who they had encountered every day for 40 years. But they spoke a word. And strength rose inside of him. It's actually a creative miracle literally happened with his muscles. Look at John chapter 9, verse 1. Now as they, this is still with Jesus now. As they went along, Jesus, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him this question. And I love how detailed the Bible is. And this gives us an insight into how Jesus worked and, how, and all the details of it. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And, and sometimes I think we try to assign a, a logic to it to say, why is it that this turned out this way? Jesus says, neither his parents or this man sinned. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And we don't understand. And I'll confess to you right now, I don't understand that. I have some level of it, but it's just scratching the surface. One day we will know. But God did a wonderful work in this man, and it did bring glory. But I don't believe God made him suffer because he wanted one day when Jesus was there for this. I think it's just, I'm going to lose myself. I try and go down that road. Let's move on. As long as it's day, Jesus says in verse 4, we must do the works of him who sent me. He's like, okay, God's given me a ministry. He's given me a purpose. He's given me something to do. And as long as the sun's shining, as long as I have breath, as long as I'm here on this earth, I'm going to do it. But night's coming when no one can do work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And just as a side note, I want us to all think that while we're in the world, we need to be the light of the world. We need to be in the restaurants that people know that, you know, we're there constantly, that we build relationships and they know that, hey, can I talk to you about this? Because I don't know what to do and my mom's in the hospital or this one's going on and I don't know. And we need to be that light in the world. Verse 6, after saying this, he, Jesus, spit in the ground and made some mud. He made a mud pie with his saliva, and then he put it in the man's eyes. And That sounds gross, but do you realize that the DNA of Jesus, the Son of God, was put into earth like God created Adam from the earth and the dirt? Jesus has spit his DNA, went into that dirt, and created a new eye for that man. That's just an amazing thing when you think about it. Verse 7, then he said, Jesus, go. Wash in the pool. And the word literally means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Now, let's just pause here for a second. And I'm running out of time. But pause here for a second. This guy didn't ask Jesus for nothing. He can't even see Jesus. 
He doesn't know what's going on. He hears people walk like he's heard every people walk all his life. And as he's walking here, he hears people walking. All of a sudden, he hears people, why is he doing this? Did he send it? He's like, what are you talking about, me? I mean, put yourself in the Bible. And all of a sudden, he starts hearing them have this conversation about him. And then he hears this. He feels this guy getting close. How many of you know if you keep your eyes closed, you can start feeling better when people are close to you and near you? You're like, I feel something. Or be like my daughter, Jen, there's somebody in the house. You know, you feel something different going on. And then he doesn't know who Jesus is. And then he... He turns and, and he sits there and all of a sudden Jesus touches his face and, and he hears Jesus spit and then he feels something wet in, his, in the place where he can't see. And then this guy tells him, hey, go take a bath. What in the world is going on? <laughs> so the man went and washed and he came home seeing. Creative miracle that Jesus did. But look, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Isn't that what we always want for? When we pray, we ask God to do something. Jesus, will you please intervene? And this miracle happened. This guy who was blind from birth now sees. But that's not enough for everybody around him. Now look at this. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him, and I I was really going to get lost highlighting all of this, but I want you to see this. His neighbors... All those people have known him forever, and those who had formerly seen him, they all knew who he was. They'd all seen him begging, because he's a blind man. Probably known him since he was born. Isn't this the same man that used to sit and beg? They see him come back seeing and walking without a stick, without somebody having to lead him by the arm. Hey, isn't that the guy? Love how people love to talk about us. Look, verse 9. Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he just looks like him. But he himself insists he's like, hey, I got an opinion on this. I am the man. Verse 10. How then were your eyes opened? So all these people are questioning him. Wouldn't you think they'd be excited? Man, that's awesome. How many times do we go across somebody that's had a great thing happen to them and we get caught up in the details? Well, how did this happen? Instead of just going, man, that's awesome. Look at his reply, verse 11. The man they called Jesus. He didn't know who Jesus was. The man they called Jesus made some mud, put it in my eyes, and told me to go wash. So I did it. Now I can see. Where is this man, they asked. Can I suggest to you that they didn't know who Jesus was either? The man, they called Jesus. And these people had encountered Jesus. So who is this man you're talking about? He goes, I don't know. He didn't know who Jesus was. So many times the people we run across, they don't know who Jesus is. We talk about him like they should know and they have no clue. Who is this guy? Verse 13, they brought him. They, who's the they? All those people that saw him all his life. All these other people are like, hey, isn't that the guy? No, that's not the guy. That's the guy that looks like him. No, 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 no. All these people are running their mouths about him. They decided, hey, it isn't good enough that you just got to see now. It isn't wonderful. We got to take you to the, to the Pharisees. 
So they really, imagine this guy, the whirlwind. He's just normal day. All of a sudden, this guy spits. He gets his wet stuff in his eyes. And then he goes and washes. And you see, it's like, oh, my gosh. I, I mean, imagine you've never seen him before in your life. And all of a sudden, you see colors. You see everything. You see sky. You see, oh, I heard that sound before. Oh, oh, I think he's flying. I don't even know what flying is. But that guy, that, whoa, whoa. Just imagine the sensory overload that there's going on. And here, the next thing they're doing, they're dragging him to church. Because the day in which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was on the Sabbath. So now they're going to have a trial. Therefore, the Pharisees asked him how he'd received his sight. He repeats it again. He put mud on my eyes. I washed. Now I see. (coughs) Some of the Pharisees says, Excuse me. This man is not from God. For he doesn't keep the Sabbath. Talking about Jesus. But others, I love the others that are always listed here, asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Isn't that the same today? Isn't everybody around us divided? People talking. Then they, verse 17, turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? Can't you just see the court like you're seeing Judge Judy? Well, what do you say? Okay, raise your right hand and you've got to swear and affirm. Now tell us about this guy. What do you say about him? It was your eyes that were open. This guy didn't know who Jesus was. He has this experience, this crazy experience. He can now see and now he's just getting questioned. I don't know who he is. I don't know where he is. I don't know anything about him. They call him Jesus. He replied, he is a prophet. They still didn't believe that. Verse 18. They didn't believe that he'd been blind and received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Can you imagine getting a call? Hey, we need you to come down to church because we got your son down here and he says he's been blind. What are you talking about? He has been blind. It caused us all this grief. I mean, we, we didn't want a blind child. We didn't want this. But man, he, he's, he stumbled over everything all the time. Man, if you move the couch a little bit, he's like tumbling over. I mean, all this whole thing. And, and they bring him in verse 13. Is this your son? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it now that he can see? Verse 20. We know he's our son, the parents answer. And we know he was born blind. But how he can see now and who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He's of age. He'll speak for himself. His parents, verse 22, said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Here they're being brought up in this trial. And they're like, I don't know what to say. I don't, you just, all this stuff's going on. I don't want to know. You ask him. They're throwing their son under the bus right there. Because the leaders had already decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. Verse 24. Second time they brought him up. Okay, come back up here. Raise your right hand again. You swear and affirm. Now listen to this. Oh, the spiritual people are twisting the word of God. Sound like somebody else we just read about. Give glory to God by telling the truth. Oh, look at this. 
we know he's a sinner. We know this man's a sinner, so give glory to God and tell us the truth. Stop lying, in other words. The best part of this entire story is verse 25. He replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. The power of that. This guy who had no clue who Jesus was, his world was turned upside down and then it's further complicated by everybody trying to put him on trial. I had an occasion last weekend to go visit a friend for their daughter getting married that I went to Bible college with. And their daughter lived with us for a little bit of time and got to meet the pastor of the church that they're in in the town south of here, Pastor Lloyd. And we got to share all these great conversations. And he downloaded our app, and I downloaded their app. And I was listening to his message this week. And he talked about experience versus arguments. And he said this statement. He said, people with experience will never be at the mercy of anyone with an argument. See, people can tell you all day long something that they intellectually think. You can have this conversation what you think. But there's really no argument when you've had an experience. When they went to this blind guy and said, but all these things in there, coming at him, he's like, I don't know. I don't know if he's a sinner or not. Can I suggest to you, the people we run into, we can't say, hey, you're this or you're that. We're going to put a label. I can't do any of that stuff. I can tell you it's about me. I experienced the man called Jesus. Pastor Lloyd goes on to say, someone could tell you that Bluebell isn't the greatest thing in the world, but when you've experienced it, see the unbelief of everyone around them couldn't talk this blind man, the formerly blind man, out of his healing. Their arguments had no weight. This man who had experienced the power of God. We you bow your heads with me this morning? I know there's people watching us all around the United States and even the world. And people are listening to this podcast and listening, watching the videos after the fact, and people with us. Uh, I can't speak for anyone other than myself, honestly. But I want to ask you, who is this Jesus to you this morning? Have you met him? Have you experienced him like the stories in the Bible we saw today? Or, you do, or do you just have simple intellectual arguments in your head? Today you can experience your life you can have the experience of your life by accepting him. Like the blind man, you don't have to know and understand everything. Just simply do what he's asking. You can join me this morning in the first steps to follow Jesus. This morning, I invite you to follow me in this prayer. Simply say, Jesus, I've tried to do it on my own. My life's a mess and I need you. I ask you to come live inside of me. Save me. Change me. Show me what and how to do it. Make me more like you. I'm changing my mind and my direction.
to your kingdom. Today I put my faith in you. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer for the first time. Or maybe like when I was younger, I prayed it every week. God, you take us right where we're at. And Lord, like the blind man, we don't have to understand. We don't have to have it all figured out in our heads that we can even explain it to anyone. You're just so good. We simply have to follow your instructions. Lord, I pray that you would help lead us. Show me my next step. Show every one of us our next step when it comes to following you. Lord, I pray this week that we have changes in how we look at life, how we look at others around us. Lord, that we speak the spoken word. We read the written word. And Lord, we take the challenge to speak it out over our lives and over our loved ones. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we're wrapping up, and I, I went a few minutes over, and I apologize for that. I want everybody to pull out your connection card. If you're watching online, there's the plenty of places that you can get it. It's on our app. It's on our website. It's on our streaming site. It's pretty much anywhere in the world um, you want to go. It's there. Um, you fill out the top part you probably have already done that there's a place in the middle for you to say a, a decision that you've done and there's a place for you to put a prayer request as you're finishing that up um, and it's going to go on the bottom of the screen for everybody on the stream there's the site that you're able to um, give to the church for those people who are asking how they can be a part of the giving and, and all that stuff it's just simply go to give to belong.com and for those people who are wanting to um, follow up and I, I've had several people say hey I want a reminder to be able to join the stream and, and I, I, I always forget and if you could text me in the morning and I, and I try to be up there as I'm trying to finish up before the service and text everybody and I forget people so we've got it added on there if Michael you can put that number up again um, for, the, for the welcome text and if you can text welcome for the first time if you've never done this but if you want rem- to have a reminder simply text REMIND R-E-M-I-N-D to that same number 469-289-1114 again that's 469-289-1114 it's on our website belongdfw.com if you didn't catch that quickly enough or you can't read it on the screen well enough but it'll just automatically, as we're getting it all fine-tuned, it'll send you an email in the morning of the, the morning or a text, I believe it's actually going to be, with a link that you can just click on, and it'll take you straight to where we're live.